0: Hello friends, this is Pastor Creighton. Thank you for tuning in to New Song Church's sermon podcast. At New Song Church, we want to see Jesus lifted high in Port Perry, Ontario, as we worship, grow, and serve. You can learn more about us and find contact info at newsongportperry.ca. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, according to Matthew, chapter 11, the beginning of verse 25. All who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise, Praise to you, me, Lord Christ. Jesus. Father, uh, I thank you for these verses um, that are in the Bible. Uh, They bring such peace, um, such hope in times of trial, um, but also hope in times of really good times. And Father, uh, I just pray that as we come to this text, that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear your voice, not my voice. Father, um, I pray for any distractions from this week would just fall away and that you would just draw us to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Gonna take a sip of water before I begin. (laughs) So, before preparing for this sermon, Creighton asked me to uh, use some of my testimony um, intertwined through this um, through this sermon. And uh, I just, when he said that, I thought to myself, "Well, there goes a year's worth of sermon illustrations." Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So, so you'll hear some of my um, some parts of my past if you have any questions feel free to come up after and I'll talk to you more about them so so during the week uh, myself and Amy we went to indigo in Oshawa and uh, I was really surprised how grand the indigo is there I'm um, at the Oshawa Mall um, it was I've never seen indigo that big before in Ottawa there's there's only one semi big one in downtown and all the rest are kind of medium-sized to small. And one thing that really struck me about the indigo in Oshawa, I'm sure it's the same in most of them in the Toronto area, is how massive the sections are for new age, for self-help, and interesting for whole food diets. I found that really interesting. And then as I looked for the Christian section and also the philosophy section, it was off in the corner, this little tiny section with very bad lighting. and It was, it was, really, it was really striking. And the interesting thing about these three sections I mentioned is that these sections all promise a form of rest if you subscribe to them. They promise you a life that you'll be content, uh, you'll be a restful person, you'll be happy. And it's interesting that these sections are massive. So clearly there's something within our culture where people want a rest, they want to feel contentment, but no one's content. And this passage we're looking at this morning is one of those famous passages where it shows, it's the only passage in the New Testament that shows the heart of Jesus. Jesus explicitly says what his heart is, and it's also what the heart of Christianity is all about. So if you haven't already, please turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. Um, It's in the pamphlet. Uh, It's really helpful if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I believe there's some just on the other side of the door over there. It's really helpful that you can follow along and you can also look at what came before and what comes after. Now just quickly, the definition in the dictionary for what all of us believe rest to be is a cease of work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, and recover from strength. Now what does that look like? What does rest look like? It could be going on a vacation. It could be hanging out with friends. It could be enjoying the weekend. These are all ki- kinds of rests that we think of. For me, when I think of um, when I feel like I'm overworked or I'm really tired, I often reflect on just ne- my next trip I'm going to take that we're going to take to the UK and we're going to go reflect. We're all going to go relax in Oxford. I always Picture just sitting in a nice cafe with or surrounded by the historic buildings, reading a good book and drinking really strong coffee. (laughs) That's that's to me, that's rest for me. Uh, You may be you might find rest on the weekend, hanging out with your friends, maybe by the lake, um, but you also may find just rest in friends. There's some people who when they're surrounded by big groups of people, lo- they find that restful. I don't know how, but they find it restful. Um, there's just some people, I'm sure there's some you here that are like that. Um, but the rest that Jesus is talking about is not sitting in a lawn chair by the water with a book or a fishing rod. Those are good forms of rest to relax our bodies, to relax our minds. But what the rest that Jesus is talking about is something else. And what is it? So it would be helpful if you look at verses, I'll begin to read at verse 28. And I'll go to 29. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now when he says souls, he's not talking about this out of body, separate Thing from your physical body. He, when, it, when souls is mentioned in the Bible, it is talking about your entire being, your entire self, everything that's a part of you, whether that's your blood, your flesh, your minds, your thoughts, your heart, it's everything, every part of you. And the thing that's interesting about this is we live in a world where we are, we are promised rest and contentment everywhere. Everywhere says this. And what do I mean by that? Well, it could be you can find, we're told that you can find contentment or rest with Mr. or Mrs. Right, the perfect person in your life. If you just get that person, you find that person, you hold on to that person, you'll be content for the rest of your life. It could be in job success that you strive for most of your career to hit this pinnacle of your job and then you feel content. Then you feel restful, you feel like you've achieved something. It could be in your children um, that you feel like you've raised good children, good, smart, well, good morals uh, with your kids. You can find contentment in that. It could be in your health. It could be in your hobbies. Maybe you're really good at golf and you find a lot of pleasure in that. Uh, maybe it's, For me, it was, I used to be really into rock climbing. When I was really good at rock climbing, I felt a lot of satisfaction. I felt content. felt restful. It could be in your identity, your sexuality, or maybe you strive to have a happy family, one that's perfect, one that doesn't have any issues. We're taught, we're taught, if we attain these things, I will be content and find rest. When I was a youth, unfortunately, my parents got divorced. I remember after this happened, all I wanted was for them to reconcile, for them to come back together but as I got older I came to realize that it was for the best that they actually separated. Um, You can ask me after about it Um, and then when I this happened when I was very young probably around when I was 10 and then when I turned 19 my dad disappeared from my life just disappeared just left and when I was young I thought if if they reconciled I would be content again (laughs) sure, this may just last for a moment, but I felt like I'd be content that my life, what I knew then, would just be back to normal. But as you age, you begin to realize this, this lie that we're taught all through our lives, all through the media, everything, that people are being lied to. When we're young, we don't really notice it. I'm only in my 30s, so I'm just beginning, but I'm sure there's some people here that are older than I am Um, you guys can probably tell me that it's not all what it's um, meant to be. We're taught that be yourself, be your true self. But then we're taught, and we find out this is not true. These these things that we are told that we'll find rest in, they start to turn on us. (laughs) See, you reach the success you've been chasing in your job, only to realize it's not what you thought it would be and you're not actually content. You're at the pinnacle, but you don't feel any rest. You just feel like you have more burdens, more responsibilities. You're not able to do the hobby you love so much anymore due to health or commitments, and you don't feel content anymore. Your friends move, or due to age, your friends begin to pass away. You move away from the security of your hometown to the unfamiliar. That's something I've been wrestling with lately, with moving from Ottawa to here, that this, what I thought I felt security and contentment is contentment in is no longer a part of my life, so I've had to like, kind of grapple with that. Or maybe it's the sin you thought you had dealt with, but it begins to creep up again. Mr. or Mrs. Mr. Or Mrs., Mrs. Wright turns out to be not who you thought they were and you don't feel content anymore. At the time when Jesus was saying these words, the religious leaders would heavily burden the people with rules of the law, things outside of the law, but they said it was a part of the law so they can live by the law. And a good example of this, I'm just gonna read it quickly if I still have the bookmark here. At the, towards the end of Matthew, Jesus is talking about the scribes and Pharisees to his disciples and he says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, and so do and, observe whatever, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. See, what Jesus is talking about here is that these men would create these, all these burdens for the people to follow and they felt oppressed and they felt burdened because they, fe- they knew they couldn't keep them. But this text shows us right now that it speaks to us. But instead of Pharisees telling us what to do, we preach it to ourselves. We tell ourselves what to do. Maybe you're familiar with some of these. If I do a good deed... I'll be a good person. If I fight for social justice, I'm a great person. If I compost, I'm helping the earth. If I pray more, read my Bible more, I'm a devout Christian. We put these rules over our lives and if we don't achieve them or follow them, we beat ourselves up. We, we put these burdens on ourselves. Jesus is the only one who can give you rest, true rest, now, what is that? Well, let's look again at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, your entire being. Now, what is a yoke? A yoke, of what he's talking about, is a farming device that was put on a beast of burden. It was normally put on an oxen that would pull a burden. But the thing with a yoke that's interesting, is that there's two spots in it. There's one for a lead, oxen, and then there's one for one that's being trained. So there's one that, there's the lead that carries most of the burden, and then there's the one that's learning what to do that would carry some of the burden. That is what he's talking about here. So Jesus is not saying something new here. This is a very familiar term for in this context, that when someone would become would want to learn from a teacher, they would, if they become a disciple to that teacher, they would give up everything. They would go and live with that person. They would go and learn from them, give up their self-identity, everything. They would yoke themselves to that teacher. That was a very familiar saying then, that they were yoked to that teacher. They were their disciple. So Jesus is saying, I must be master of your life. I must dominate your life. You must give up your self-identity. You must give up yourself to me. You must yoke yourself to me. Now this goes against everything we're taught. This goes against everything you'll see in stores and media as well. So we often see and we're often taught that you must be free. You must do what you want. You must be your true self. Experiment with whatever you want. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. When I was 17, alone, lying in a ditch, in a t-shirt on New Year's Eve, too drunk to stand up, and I just kept falling and my face was covered in blood. Every time I would try to get up, I would just fall. And I would, was screaming at the sky, I want to die, I want to die, not caring about anything. But interestingly, I, I had no idea that within a year, I would walk into a church the the and come out a Christian. By the world's standards, I had it all. I did what I wanted. I slept with whoever I wanted. Had all the friends I needed. I was considered popular. By the world's standard, I had it made. If a Christian tried to tell me how to live, I would spit in their face. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you want true f- freedom, you must let Jesus be Lord of your life. You're already yoked to something. What have you, what have you chosen to live for? Is it work? Is it relationship? Is it children or the hope of children? Is it tradition? Your spouse, your hobbies, learning, Travel? If you're living for something, if you're living for something, you're not free. You're actually yoked to it. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you live for something, it consumes you. It's your entire thing. A good way to figure this out is, one way to start is, what do you think often most about? Normally, that's a good starting place. Well, you might be thinking, Matt, well, you said all this stuff. You say, I need to be yoked to Jesus. I need to stop following things in this world. I need to stop letting them consume my life. How do I do this? Well, look at verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. (laughs) is this now you might be thinking well Matt is this saying I have to be stupid and unlearned it's saying I have to be a child before entering into ministry I was a photojournalist I had over a decade long career as a professional photojournalist in Ottawa by all by all things I was at the top of the game I've won awards I I I had people wanting to actually intern with me. I was extremely prideful. I was not open to any critique or advice. I considered myself wise in photography, extremely prideful. I'd f- photographed very famous people. I've met very famous people. I was a part of some of the, like the parties, and they got this sm- smooth with pe- the people. I thought I had it all again. Again in my life, I thought I had it all. But what Jesus is saying here about the wise and understanding is he's talking about the people that are extremely prideful. It's not about being too smart, but it's about the people that are like, I did this. They pat themselves on their shoulders. I earned this. I know better. You can't tell me what to do. In Jesus' time, the Pharisees and the scribes were very much like this. You couldn't disagree with them or nothing, but they would tell you what to do. You couldn't tell them what to do. And what Jesus is saying here about little children, what, do you, what does he mean by this? He's talking about children, in some capacity, know they are helpless, young children. They must be carried, they must be fed, they must be cleaned. Timothy Keller, speaking on this passage, gives a great illustration, so I'm just gonna take it right from him. Children are exceedingly confident you love them. They will be the most fussy and disruptive and drive you crazy for an hour. They will not let you sleep. They'll push you to the edge. They'll make you angry, they'll make you so fed up you'll be just completely lost in yourself. And then they'll look at you and say up up I want to be held. I want to be fed. Hold me. They they expect love. This is, what it, this is what he means when he says you must become, become childlike. You must become yoke to him, expect love from him. You must become his disciple daily. If you're not being a disciple, you're not experiencing his rest. This may seem harsh. This may seem hard or even scary. But if you look at verse 30, let's look at it together. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus is saying here, You come to me, you yoke yourself to me. The burdens of this world are unbearable, but my burden, my yoke, is easy. You will find rest for your souls, it is light. Jesus is saying something extremely profound here. The people of this day would have been so used to being told what to do and constantly failing at it. But as Jesus is saying, even though you are dead in yourself, you come to me, you yoke yourself to me, and I will give you rest. Put your faith and trust in me, and I will make you mine. Jesus stood in your place so you wouldn't face the judgment of God, so you can rest in him and not be endlessly searching for rest in the things that eventually go away, They eventually all leave us. We all chase things that promise rest, But only Jesus can give you true rest, eternal rest. Let's look at it again. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is using a great illustration to help us realize to help everyone, whether you call yourself a believer or an unbeliever, that the only way to find true rest is to come to me, submit yourself to me, be childlike, learn from me. Nothing else will give you true rest they 'll only give you fake rest or rest that's only partial. And let us pray. Um, Heavenly Father. I know there's people here who struggle with contentment. I know myself struggles with contentment, struggles with resting, finding the true rest and just re- resting in you and not, and does, just keeps worrying about everything around. Father, I, help, I just pray that you would help us to daily take up your yoke, to put it on ourselves, to learn from you, to read your word, to pray to you, but to do it in a way that we just want a relationship with you, not a way to earn um, our salvation. Father, I pray if there's anyone here who struggles with this, um, that you would just draw them to yourself, that you would just speak to their hearts and their minds, speak to all our hearts and minds. Father, we need it reminding every day. Help us to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. We worship a generous God who calls us to follow him in giving willfully, cheerfully, and sacrificially. New Song Church's mission and ministry is 100% funded by the generous gifts of those worshiping and journeying with us. If you'd like to offer a gift towards New Song's ministry, please visit newsongportperry.ca slash giving for more information on how to do that. May God bless you and keep you today and every day.